11 to 14s are now going out to SOS as well. Over to you, Sam. Well, good morning, everyone. Hello. Good to see you. Okay. Okay. What a great morning so far. To have, uh, when we planned this uh, baby Thanksgiving, we never knew we'd have, have so many. The reason we've got a little daughter called Bethany, then just to let you know, the reason why uh, we didn't have our baby Thanksgiving for um, <laughs> was because we, Paul provoked me during the week and he was like, you've got family, friends coming. And I was just like, whoops, forgot to invite them. So just very honestly, we really want, uh, none of my family and friends are Christians, go to church, M's do, but we just wanted our families to come. So the next one we're going to sign up and we really want to make a bit of a shindig of it. Uh, so that's why we aren't, but we, we join in with you. And uh, I, I pray that my, the word that I share today is going to be relevant for every person, every heart here this morning. I want to address parents. I want to talk about parenting. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about quite a few things. But I'm, I'm, I pray that it's going to be relevant for you this morning. Um, if you have your Bible... Could you turn to, or a Bible, it might not be yours, you might have nicked it from the person sitting next to you. Uh, turn to uh, Mark's Gospel, please. If you don't have a Bible, uh, don't worry, the words are going to come up on the screen behind me. While you're turning there, it's Mark chapter 10 and verse 13 to 16. The title of this morning is Coming to Jesus. I couldn't think of any other title, to be honest. Um, and so, so often we can get so locked into, what am I going to call this? Hey, it's just about coming to, coming to Jesus, all right? So Mark 10, we there? I'm going to read. The words are going to come up behind me. Now, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are our perfect Father. And I pray for this morning for every one of my friends here, every one of the visiting uh, guests here. I pray you'd be revealed as the perfect father. As we look at parenting, I pray you'd help parents parent. I pray you'd father fathers as they father their children. Do the same with mothers, Lord. I honour every parent here. Every parent that's gone before me, I honour. We bless you so much. Thank you for all these, these young children this morning these young children. I just feel again, I want to pray for Bailey. I pray you'd heal him in Jesus' name. I pray as he goes to hospital on Tuesday, oh God, would you break in? Nothing is impossible for you. As we've heard, you created the heavens. You can heal dear Bailey. We pray you'd do it. And I pray you just minister to every heart here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I have three headings or questions, if you like, and it's going to be why, how, and what about you? Why, how, and what about you? I want this to be very personal and practical, 
So if you're a parent, please listen up. If you're not a parent, please listen up. If you want to be a parent, please listen up. And I, I appreciate, as I'm even sharing this, there's a lot of hurt in this room. I, I appreciate with parenting comes pain. There's those that have lost children. There's those that just can't. And I appreciate there's, there's pain here as well. But I pray that God would meet you. Wherever you're at this morning, wherever you're at, your Heavenly Father would meet you. So the first one, why? Why were these little children being brought to Jesus? Mark makes it quite clear in his Gospel, in verse 13, for a purpose. That's why. For Jesus to lay his hands on them. For Jesus to meet with them. I want Jesus to meet with Bailey and heal him. For Jesus to touch them. Scattered throughout Mark's Gospel, we read Jesus healing people left, right and centre, indiscriminately. Is that a word? It's a big word for me. Indiscriminately, he healed people with a word or a touch. He says the words, be clean, to a man with leprosy, and he was instantly healed. He says the words, get up, to a man that was paralysed and couldn't walk, and this man got up and walked. He says the words, come out, and evil demons and spirits flee from people. This is Jesus, right? He says the words, parents. He says the words, little girl, get up, to a 12-year-old that was dead. Little girl, get up. And this 12-year-old was brought back from death. Jesus heals the possessed, the hurting, the bleeding, the blind, the deaf, the mute, and the dead. That's our Jesus. That's what he does. That's why these parents were bringing their children to him. He was different. He was special. He was like no other. He had miraculous power. He had miraculous power. They wanted their children to meet him, to encounter him, to be touched and changed by him. Now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I want my kids to be impacted by Christ. I want them to meet him, fall down on their knees and feel... Say, you're real. You're real. What does this mean for us? What can we learn for this? Well, I I pray, and I feel this for myself as well, this should provoke us, it should challenge us to do the same. In all we do, whether you have children or not, there's principles we can learn from. The greatest thing we can do for ourselves, I say this without shame, is come to Jesus. That is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. I tell you with experience, I've been a Christian now, coming up 10 years, when I was 25, I came to Jesus. He, he came to me. He grabbed hold of me. That's the greatest thing you can do for yourself, is come to Jesus. And the greatest thing we can do for our children is bring them, as the, these parents are doing, is, is bring them to Christ. What do I mean by this? Well, to point and to guide them to him in all we do. In all we do. In doing so, that's bringing them to Christ. Why should I? You might be here this morning thinking, okay, pal, I hear what you're saying, but why should I? I'd like to show some pictures of my little ones, if we may, Joe. (laughs) He's a ninja. This is my son, Tom. I love this boy. Next one, Joe, if that's all right. This is my daughter Beagles. Her name's not really Beagles, don't worry. It's Bethany. 
She's playing tennis now. Look at that headband. The next one. <laughs> Happens to be a favourite of mine. Yeah, that's how we dress in the Hanbearers household. <laughs> Taking our dog for a walk. Standing to attention. And the next one. These are just some of the ones I, I came, came to in, in our collection. My son has a habit of just dressing up in anything and everything. Now, these are my children. I have two children, Thomas and Bethany. Thomas is five, Bethany's ten months, and I love them with all my heart. This is what Romans says, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even Tom. Ephesians 2, verse 1. As for you, Thomas, Bethany, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Powerful statement, I know. We're all born spiritually dead, sinful, in a sin-sick world, disconnected from God, helpless and hopeless, with blind, not quite knowing where we're going. If you're anything like me, I felt that growing up. Mankind needs a saviour, you need a saviour, our children need a saviour. That's why these parents, I feel, were bringing their children to Christ. That's why I want to bring my children to Christ. Jesus is that saviour. He is the one that reconnects us back to God. And Romans says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the, the wages or the account or the, the pay packet that I will receive outside of Christ is death, eternal separation, but the gift of God. This is the gift, right? This is the gift of God, eternal life. Eternal life. We've recently just lost a few of our dear ones from our fold. They've received eternal life in our Saviour Christ. Okay? This is a wonderful gift. So we need to expose ourselves and our children to the gospel. The gospel of grace, you might hear it called, is found in Christ. It's found only in Jesus. There is no other way. In doing this, we show them. I want to show my son, look at him. I want to show him his need for a better dress sense, of course, but his need for a saviour. His need for a saviour. I said to him the other day, I just provoked him, I said, I can't wait for you to become a Christian, boy. And he went, I am a Christian, Daddy. I said, well, tell me how. And he, he, I'm saying that because I wasn't brought up as a Christian. I wasn't brought up in a Christian household. For, for, so to, for me, it was just totally new. But the danger is, I've got to be careful how I say this, it's wonderful being brought up in a Christian household, but the danger is you can just take it for granted. Our children can just take it for granted. And they mustn't. I want my, I want my son to, rev, to, to fear the Lord. I want my son to remember that he's separate. I want my son to feel what I felt. I need you. Jesus, you're real. Encounter him full on, head on. So, I'm not a perfect father. I know that would uh, baffle many of you. Um, I make some pretty horrendous mistakes at times, and I cannot save and give my children eternal life. But what I can do is point them towards a perfect father that can and does. The one full of compassion, so full of compassion, full of kindness, love, grace and mercy. That's my role as a parent, to point them to that father. To point them to that father. 
I don't want them to look to me. I want them to know that daddy loves them, but I want them to know that this daddy died for them, sent his son for them, wants them. John's Gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Love that. But then it goes on to say, for God did not send his son to condemn the world. Slap, slap, slap. What are you doing? But to save the world through him. And Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... You might have heard me say this and quote this verse so many times, it's because it keeps hitting me in the face every time I read it. But God demonstrates his own love for me, like this. While I was still a sinner, addicted to drugs, lost in every way, Christ Jesus died for me. That's why I was still a sinner. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Jesus rose, Jesus died, sorry, he was buried, he rose for us, for our salvation. And that's what we need to hear, that's what our children need to hear, that's what our children's children need to hear, that's what our children's children's children need to hear, and that might just be what you need to hear this morning. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. Do come and speak to me afterwards. I want to move on to the next heading, the next question, how. That's why our children need a saviour, that's why children are brought to Jesus, that's why I want to bring my Jesus... uh, my cheese, my, my, my children to Jesus. I, I can't impress Jesus with my cheese. No. And nor can you, not even you, Ian Lockwood. Um, that's why our children need to be brought to him, because each and every one of us, all of mankind, need a saviour. On to the next heading, how. How do we bring our children to Jesus? Jesus says, let the little children come and don't hinder them. The, the, the apostles, the disciples, were stopping. The Lord's too busy. You could imagine them. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you feel, whew, children have gone into their kids' work. We can now get on with the serious stuff. Now that's the serious stuff as well. Jesus wants children to be right brought into him. Let them come. He was indignant with them. So how? How do we help them? How do we help without hindering them? I want to just quickly look at some practical ways for parents. And we're going to camp out in this section just for a little while and then we're going to move on to what about you. But I pray that if you've been a parent for Alex, how old's your little girl? How old was it? Two weeks. If you've been a parent for two weeks, or if you've been a parent for 30 years, I pray this, okay, you're still a parent. So I pray pray it'll be relevant for you. In Ephesians 6.4 it says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. What does that mean? Don't frustrate them. Ouch. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So with this, I want to say that your words and your actions will have either a positive or a negative outcome. They just will. They just will. You'll either guide, you'll, your words and actions will either help guide your children to Jesus or absolutely repel them away from him. They will. No greater testimony will you hear of a vicar's children will testify, I don't want anything to do with my father's faith because he wasn't around for us. He put other people before his family. I don't want that to be said for me. I don't want that to be said for you, fathers. You will. Your words, your actions will bring them in or push them away. In speech and behaviour, I'm realising I'm a walking, active, 24-7 example before my children. 
And I say this to you as someone that is learning. I say this as someone that's wanting to get better. But I realise I'm an example. In every action, everything I say, children are like sponges, aren't they? They really like sponges. You can see them. They, they pick up everything. They soak it up, and then they just ooze out what they've picked up. Like a sponge. You know? I see things in my son that I think, whoa, I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> I won't repeat that. Um, no, seriously, I see things in my son that I'm like, ouch. As parents, you need to set the agenda. You need to set it. Don't let the agenda be set for you. Set a course, set your plan out, be clear about what you're all about. Make the Lord the centre place of your household, your family. Make him the centre place so your kids see it. That's what I want my children to see. In Joshua, in the Old Testament, there were people that were making gods for themselves, there were people that were following other made gods, But Joshua had this bold statement. He kind of, I'm going to paraphrase this, I'm going to summarise. He says, you can go to that God if you want. Make sure you commit to that God and you to that God if that's where you see fitting. But as for me, this is what he says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what I want as a statement over my household. But as for me, as for M, as for our household, we're going to serve the Lord, the living God. That's who we're going to serve. I want to speak to you fathers. Dad's here. Take responsibility. Maybe it's time to man up. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Do not make excuses anymore. Do not think, oh, if only. Don't you know? I feel like that as well. But I feel sometimes this tug in me. I think it's the spirit. Say, man up. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Your children are your disciples. They're not mine. Are you discipling them? They've been given to you as a gift from God. Are you discipling them? Are you teaching them about God, his heart, his nature, his character? Listen, I know it's a challenge. Me and them are often having a conversation. Oh, we should have done that. Next time, let's do that. Next time, let's do that. I know it's a challenge. I'm speaking, I'm preaching to myself. But I feel this is what the Lord wanted me to bring this morning. So I'm not making excuses. Deuteronomy 6, there's lots mentioned in the Bible about children, parents, lots mentioned throughout the Old Testament and in the New. I just picked out this one because I loved it. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4-7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. And then it says this, impress them on your children. Not scold them into them. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Picture it. Talk about it when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Some, set some achievable goals for you and your family. What do you want? This is some personal things. I just want to give you some examples of what we've started to do. And we feel we are on the first rung and we're just building on that. Family devotions at breakfast time. We, I, start, I, I foolishly went into this saying, we'll read the Bible every day. 
and Tom will enjoy it. Three chapters every morning. Son, back to your seat. He's going to love that, isn't he? But what we've started to do is me and him just go picked a book. We're just going to go for a book, a couple of verses every morning. And then Tom's listening in, and we're talking about what does it mean for us? And then we just pray. Then we just pray on the back of it. So just, we just started family devotions every morning at breakfast time. It's achievable for us. Reading Bible stories to Tom. Tom loves stories. Children love stories, don't they? They love it when you read to them. Uh, and it can, it can be a real challenge. Again, like I've said, let's read the Bible. Most evenings, no, it's boring. Come on, boy, let's read the Bible. No, it's boring. And then, and then you say something like, check this out. Goliath gets his head cut off. <laughs> and then he says, where? What, what, so what happens next? So you embellish a little bit. Uh, not adding words to scripture, but you embellish. <laughs> Easy, yes. A book I recommend, one called the Story, Jesus Storybook Bible, is beautiful. The Jesus Storybook Bible, and there's a little tagline underneath, it says, every story whispers his name. It's a wonderful story. I find it sometimes the first resource I go to as I'm preparing, and it's a children's Bible. That's God. Right? Sometimes we feel we need to, we need to put the childlike things aside. And let's, where's the adult, thorough, thick stuff? But sometimes God leads me to this, and it's like, oh, that's so crystal clear. The Jesus Storybook Bible, Family Fridays. We've entitled this. We're very creative in our terms, as you can see. Family Fridays are basically just fun and hanging out together as a family. Every Friday now, when I finish in the office, home, phone off, and we get, sometimes Tom wants a Happy Meal. That's the first thing he says. What do you want for dinner, Happy Meal? Um, but that's all right. And then we have a movie and we hang out together. Meals together every day. We've realised that if you have the TV on, you don't talk. So we sit at the table. And it's just basic stuff. But I want you, I want you to hear what we're trying to do. Just a bit of music on in the background. TV off. Music on. How's your day gone? Let's talk. Sometimes it turns into utter carnage. But usually, it's beautiful, and it's priceless. I, d- I wasn't brought up like that. I wasn't brought up with a father. I don't know what it's like to talk at the dinner table. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Being aware how to respond in life issues, and we're working on this, aren't we? Being open with you this morning, such as hurts and mistakes. I want my children to know Daddy makes mistakes. Please don't revere me above other... I want them to imitate me. I want them to love and cherish me and model my behaviour when it's Christ-like. But I want them to know that Daddy makes mistakes and sometimes Daddy gets hurt. And I want them to see how Daddy responds through that. Do I F and blind and punch a wall? Or do I take it to God? Do I talk to my children through mistakes? Uh, Learning to be quick to say sorry... Sometimes you uh, make mistakes and I'm snappy with Tom or um, I'm a bit heavy-handed and like, just come over here and, and then I say, I just feel this conviction and I go to him afterwards and I just say, listen, boy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? Yes, Daddy. I love you. I love you, boy. You know, you work it through that way. So what, how do they see you work through mistakes? We're trying to get better at just saying, M calls it acting in the opposite spirit. If he comes charging in aggressive... What's going on? Let's talk. 
Because it's so easy to just hit aggression with aggression, isn't it? So, what about you? What could you start with? Parents, what challenges are you facing? What goals could you set, even from this morning? I pray that the Spirit of God would just speak to you right now. What do you feel? Maybe you've put something off for a while, and you think, now, now I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Maybe it's just starting with just praying once a day with your children. Maybe it's just saying, I love you. Do you say that to your kids? I love you. My dad, I'm from a Greek family. I didn't grow up with my dad, but I want you to know I'm from a passionate Greek family. My dad, I'm, I'm 35, he still grabs my face and kisses me on the lips. And I'm like, what are you doing? Doesn't he? He's sort of all, he still thinks I'm five. But I want to be like that with my son. I want him to know it's cool to hug and to kiss and say, I love you. Dad, did you do that? Or because you've been brought up, maybe not in that way, it's hard for you. Maybe that's a challenge. Just set achievable goals. This is how we bring, I feel, our children more and more in, you know, just welcome them in. Here are just a few more practical things before we move on to the last point. Lead by example. Do they see you doing things such as praying, reading, worshipping? I've touched on that. Read the Bible together. Touched on that. Pray together. Touched on that. But what I'd love to do is just honour a couple of people publicly. Um, Howard, are you here? He's obviously not because I would have heard. Yes, yes he is. He's at the back. Sorry to embarrass you, brother. But I want to honour Howard. He wouldn't expect this. But we've just had a week of prayer, okay? And he's a great father. I watch him. Sometimes I watch him, how he, inter- he interacts with his, his children. And he's a great dad. Uh, he'll be the first to say, won't you, I make mistakes. But I, love, I just love his, his heart with his kids. And for the last, uh, this morning and two, week, two uh, evenings in the week, he's brought different children to the prayer meetings. And it's just really spoken to me. I've thought, look at what he's done. He's exposed his son, one of his sons. He's brought them along, and he's building passion into his sons for prayer. So because he's brought his son to the prayer meeting, his younger son, Isaac, was it Isaac this morning? He's watching a load of men in a room praying. And he might be sat there thinking, this is a little bit weird. But he's hearing men, real men, cry out to God. And he's not just hearing Daddy just say the words. He's seeing it firsthand. So I want to commend Alward to you. Matt was the same. He was there with Samuel. He was preaching somewhere else this morning. Matt brought Samuel up. So there's young Samuel and Isaac standing there with bigger men, praying. Wonderful. Show them how to be thankful. Sometimes it's, just, it's, it's hard, isn't it? But thankful for food, clothes, family, friends. Teach them spiritual gifts. When's the last time you laid your hands on your child? It's a challenge for me as well. It's the last time you just offered to pray for them. What's going on at school? What's happening at work? Can I pray for you? I just feel I've got this picture for you. God's given me this word, this scripture. Does it help? When's the last time? When's the last time you did that? Because otherwise they'll grow up thinking it's just all a bit weird, hearing these people speaking this other language and stuff. Just a little bit odd. They need to see it's normal and natural and it's, it's happening at home. Acts 2 17 says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. That goes for your children. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So I'd say, just encourage the use of spiritual gifts at home. Give them a high view of the church. These are points I feel God's nailed me with, all right? To to share this morning. 
give them a high view of the church. What is your view of the church? Maybe you're here this morning thinking, you're just a stuffy old boring lot. Out of touch with reality. Read this and see what God's view of the church is. Because it's his plan for planet Earth. What's your view of the church? I need to be constantly reminded that Jesus died for her, he loves her, and he's coming back for her, the church. Do your children, what view do your children pick up from you? Do you speak highly? Remind them that it's not a club that you go to, but it's a family that you're committed to and that you belong to. That's the church. That's the church. And God's passionate for her. Look at us. We're a funny old lot. We really are a funny old lot. You, you're a funny old lot. I'm a, I'm a weird guy at times. Just looking at the different faces, we're a weird and wonderful bunch bound together through Christ. He's just plucked out different ones of us at different times. And he's saying, but this is my purpose. I love you. Help them embrace variety, know that we're all different. I want to see a day more and more where there's black faces, white faces, Chinese faces, just face upon face from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, filled in this place. Amen? That's his church. That's his purpose. I want my, my children to have no discrimination. I want them to understand, like it says in Galatians, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ. Do we promote that in our families? Next one, don't moan and complain around them. They'll model it. <laughs> Boy, do I see that. I hear my son moaning. I'm like, where's he get this from? Why's he moaning? As I'm moaning. <laughs> do, we, do we just ooze joy? There's something me and Emma have been nailed on recently. Am I joyful to serve you? I want to serve this church. I want to serve you, brothers and sisters, joyfully. I want it to be a joy, not a hindrance. I want my son to know daddy serves joyfully. Do everything without complaining or arguing, says in Philippians. Have fun. Keep it fun. Be creative. Play, laugh. Me and my son wrestle all the time. We love bundling. Most mornings I'm in a headlock. He's on my back and I just hear, bundle! Sometimes I get grumpy, but usually I love it. Have you seen the film Pink Panther with Peter Sellins? Yeah? What's his name? Pardon? Selens and Cato. You know, you know Pink Panther and Cato? When he creeps in, he's like, Cato. And he doesn't know where Cato is, he's hiding. And their role is just to fight each other. And they, good, good moves, and they practice moves on each other. Me and Tom do that. Now, I'm not condoning violence. That's not what I'm doing. So please don't sit there and think, what's happening? I'm not, we, but we have a little wrestle. He's a boy. I want to put an adventurous wrestle-like spirit in him. We have a little wrestle, and we love it. It says there's fullness of joy in his presence. Parenting can have loads of different concepts. I heard a man once say, we need, to, we need to run a fine line or balance between affection and authority. Okay? The danger is we live, don't we, that it's either too authoritarian, wow, authoritarian, or too affectionate. One or the other, one extreme or the other. So if we lean too far one way, high on authority and nothing else, children are seen and not heard, this could be what was happening with the disciples here. The Lord's too busy. Get the children away, please. That's authority, just heavy authority. Or you can swing the other way, too much affection. We're just mates. We're just pals. What time do you want to go to bed? 
Of course you can have a pint of Coke before we go to your nans. You know, they set the agenda. So we need to drive a fine line between authority, come on, I'm right, listen to daddy, daddy loves you, but listen to daddy, and affection, daddy loves you. Mummy, daddy love you. Mummy loves you. Okay, we do everything in love. In Corinthians we see that big chapter of love that's patient, kind, not rude, not self-seeking, keeping no record of wrongs. Trusting, hopeful, persevering. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Write that down in your notes, parents. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. You can read it in your own time, pray through it. The whole thing is about deeply loving our children, winning their hearts, showing them that we're a good, honest example, in doing so, hopefully, bringing them, pointing them, winning them for Christ. Winning them to him. Before the final point, it's going to be a very brief point, uh, I want to say some practical things that you can do for parents. So if there's parents here and you're not a parent, some things you can do to help. Is there a family that you can do to support in some way, that you can support in some way? Not necessarily meaning financially, but just for emotional support, pray for, visit, babysit, encourage. I look at Lou and Elliot, they're always babysitting for us. You're dear friends. Really are. We are surrounded by wonderful friends. You're a great church. But how about you? Maybe you just think, I've got such a heart for X. Maybe there's a family you can pray for regularly. Could you be involved with the wonderful children's work we do here? Because it's serious work. It's not a joke. Serious. Matt and Catherine Skulls lead the youth. Honour them publicly. Boy, could you get involved with youth? Be wonderful. Older parents. I often go and see Tony and Val Bailey. I learn loads from them. I learn loads from you. Just older parents can disciple younger parents. See what I'm saying? It's like a domino effect. I want to learn from you. Not just Tony, but I want to learn from you. Don't judge others. I've, I've, I've had the unfortunate oversight of hearing someone moan about someone else's children. And it breaks my heart. Don't do it. Let's not do that. Don't be like the disciples, pushing them away, not important. As Michael Jackson said, the children are our future. (laughs) Sorry. What about you? This is to close. What about you? Have you come to Christ? Mark 10, 15. I tell you the truth, Jesus says in these, these verses, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Receiving the kingdom of God means to receive Jesus as king and then make him king of your life. That's how you receive the kingdom of God. It's an expanding, ever-increasing kingdom. For anyone that thinks Christianity is dull, I did. Lifeless, I did. Boring, definitely. Think again. Think again. I've been a Christian now 10 years and I have had a roller coaster adventure. Working with Paul sometimes does that for you. He's a great brother. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Look at what it's really like following Jesus. What an amazing thing to witness firsthand. Amazing. Wonderful teaching like the world had never heard. People being healed, saved, delivered. Demons being cast out. Ghost busting. First hand. First hand. Seen anyone else do that? 
Also, if you think Christianity is just for serious people, the good people, the people that have lived right, again, think again. Authentic Christianity is the end of these, these verses. It means to come to God like a child, with a childlike heart. With a childlike heart. I'm not talking about childishness. It says, let the little children come, Jesus says, because the kingdom belongs to such as these. Not childish, childlike. That means trusting, humble, vulnerable, dependent, honest, recognising that you cannot live life independently from him. You know, Jesus meets us exactly where we're at. And if you look at a child, they have trust at their centre, don't they? I know the world we live in has been stained. But basically, a child just trusts you. Just trusts you. What's the point Jesus is making here is total trust in him is the entry point into his kingdom. You can't earn it. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. What we do is we simply recognise Jesus and we come to him. We come to him. That's the point Jesus is making here. The entry point into his kingdom and there's no other way and the only way to receive it is by coming to him like a child. Like I said, not childishness, spitting your dummy out, saying, but I've done all this. I've painted a better picture. I've done all this. I've done this. No, it's by saying, I can't do this, and I need you, and I'm going to trust and depend on you. Humble, humble, humble heart. And he invites us to join a whole new kingdom, one that lasts forever. So to finish, what about you? Have you got any questions? Have you got any questions? Maybe you're thinking, big question mark, what is life all about? What are you babbling on about? I'm not saying that to you. Maybe you're looking at me thinking, I don't know. Have you still got questions? Do you feel lost? Do you feel confused? Do you feel like you're just pointing, as the slide shows, in all different directions? That's how I felt. I was disorientated. <laughs> I was unclear. I was unsure. I was confused. I was lost. I was lost. Come speak to me afterwards. I'm going to be in the welcome area. I'd love to talk to you and pray with you if I may. If you'd like to know more about Christianity, if I can introduce you more to our wonderful Saviour, I'd love to pray for you. Maybe there's some here this morning that just feel, yeah, I want in. What you've said today is that something's happening in me. Come and talk to me afterwards. Please don't go without talking to me. Or maybe you're ready to do an Alpha course. Great opportunity, as I found, to explore the meaning of life. The meaning of life. Many of you will know I'm married to this beautiful lady here, Emma. We've been married for eight years. The reason why I first came to this church was to go out with Em. I had no real intention, I don't think, of joining. I thought, there's attractive women there. So I came, I came along. I knew, I knew Em anyway. So I came along. But God got me. I'm telling you, I did this Alpha course... And, I, and, and God just got hold of me. And he was real. And he's changed my life. And I'm now married to Em with two wonderful children. We've had hard times through life, as we all do, right? But God blesses us. God has blessed me. So if you're thinking, what is life all about? What is the meaning of life? Sign up at the information table afterwards for the next Alpha. Starts in October. I'm going to finish with prayer. Is that okay? Can we stand as we close? I'm going to pray. And then after I've prayed, sorry, Brian wants to share something first.
pray. Um, there's an anointing here right now. The blessing of God has come to us. Um, Santino, bless you. He's growing in authority and wisdom. God has given us authority and wisdom in this whole area this morning. And I just believe that as a family church, um, we need to pray. We need to pull down from heaven this blessing and make it our own. Um, if we do have children, if we don't have children, we're praying for us as a family, um, for our visitors here as well who are um, a family or in a family. We just pray and ask for this blessing from heaven to come and um, meet with us, and we're going to take it. We're going to take it home with us because God has spoken to us today, and he's given us wisdom. He's given us wisdom from heaven. This is not worldly wisdom. This is God's wisdom on how to raise up our families. Um, so I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, I do ask you, um, as this family that you've, um, you've broken in amongst and you've, you've blessed us with this word, Lord, I just ask you that um, you will uh, pour out from heaven your blessing on our families, on our children. Lord, you'd give us wisdom and insight how to grow, how to, um, to lead our children into adulthood. Children that are, are God-fearers, that, that love you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Children that are protected by their parents and by the wisdom you've given the parents to uh, raise them up in godly ways, ways that aren't oppressive or hard or authoritarian, but in ways that are, are good, in ways that are healthy, Lord God. I do pray for this wisdom to impact us, fill us as a church, and uh, continue to grow us and make us a, a distinct and unique people, a people that have got the blessing of God. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Just um, very quickly, I just wanted to um, offer to pray for anybody this morning here that's got children with special needs, particularly if you're a visitor, perhaps come here for the first time, children like on the autistic spectrum or any kind of physical disability. If you just want to come, I'll be over here on the right-hand side, maybe go and collect your children first. Okay. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your time. Bless our day. I pray for, I just pray, have, have fun. Everyone have fun today. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for coming. Please stay behind. Um, it's really wonderful to see you. Please stay behind afterwards for coffee. Love to chat to you in the welcome area. May God bless you.